Welcome back to the Bo Sox Crazy Podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Levitz, you, bringing to you episode four of the Bo Sox Crazy Podcast, a regular Red Sox podcast for crazy Red Sox fans. This is the walk-off edition. I'm coming to you live on the road from Deep Creek Lake, Maryland with Family Vacation, right after a Mookie Betts walk-off piece off the wall. Another one for the boys, another two-game sweep. We got a lot to cover, and I'm on a high because these boys is the man. I love these guys, and they just make it fun. I mean, I watched the after-game interview, and it's just like one Gatorade bath wasn't enough. Xander comes out with the second one because that's appropriate, and that's just what's going on with this team. I mean, literally... We just can't, I mean, like, we, we are in such a good place as a team, and there are so many th- reasons why, you know, that might not be the case, and yet we are. We're here. This is a good team that is kind of coming together as a unit, and I freaking love it. So let's get it right into it. Uh, real quick, working backwards, tonight and yesterday, uh, a good two two game sweep over the Cardinals. We officially sweep the Cardinals on the season four games. They do not do well in Fenway. You know, the Red Sox are honoring the Impossible Dream 67 team, and I don't really know so much about them because, uh, well, I'm young and, you know, millennials, blah, 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 don't know their history, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, I was born in 93, so sue me. But what I can tell you is that, you know, I like that the Red Sox and the Cardinals, they have history. I think about 67, when you think about 2004, 2013, you know, these are these are teams that have, you know, over the course of history, you know, the past 80 some odd years, you know, played in, in the World Series three times, and, and I was lucky enough to go to Game 3 in 2004 and, you know, see one of the last games in the old Bush Stadium, and then, you know, it's just, like, really nice, and this is a cool team that, you know, when we play the Cardinals, like, I know that this is uh, going to be a nice series, so, you know, to sweep them and to sweep them on the season, that's a nice thing uh, for us and as a team, you know, all of a sudden, they're they're making a run. We talked about it last episode about how all of a sudden they're they're in the wild card race in, in the NL and they're potentially just one game out of the out of the NL Central Division. Uh, and and to, to beat that team, especially at home, that's real nice for the team. So nice there, a makeup game on Monday against the Indians. Tough loss, but, you know, some... I mean, there's not much going on there. We we had a couple homers, but Trevor Bauer what was 11 strikeouts. He, you know, when he's on, he's on. That's the kind of guy where he's going to give up homers, but if he's getting his strikeouts, you have to be worried. And so, you know, coming off that really emotional series against the Yankees, it's not terribly surprising that we lost against the Indians. Annoying and frustrating because, the, you know, each game against the Indians is important because we're likely going to play them in the first round of the playoffs. But at the end of the day, that's, that's a game we can afford, I don't want to say we can afford to lose because every game is important, but like in in the scheme of things, that okay, that's not a terrible loss. Um, before that, though, we, ha- we had a series against the Yankees in the last episode on Friday, came in and, and previewed that series. We're going to do things slightly differently. I'm only doing one episode this week uh, just because I'm on vacation, and yeah, I, I don't know, I'm on vacation, so that's that, but We'll, we'll talk about the upcoming series. We're going to talk about the the series right now. And don't forget, if there's something you want me to cover, if there's someone you want me to bring onto the show, if you are interested in potentially being a co-host or providing a theme music for the show, uh, get at us. Loudest Pinions on Twitter, at Loudest Pinions, at L-O-U-D underscore O-S-P-I-N-I-A-N-S. I definitely spelled that wrong. Loudest Pinions, though. And then email at Crazy podcast at gmail.com if you have any ideas about things you want me to talk about or things for the podcast 
uh, to do, get at me. That's the important place. And apologies if my voice is kind of sounding weird. It's been been a lot of yelling over the past couple of days, given the Red Sox games, and also everybody else in the house is asleep, uh, and I'm not in the basement right now. So <clears throat> my apologies for that. And uh, let's get into it. So the Red Sox Yankees series, great win. Two one, we come out of it five and a half up in the in the division, and this is real nice. You know, this is exactly what we talked about last week. You know, we, we had hoped that coming into this series, you know, we had an opportunity to really start putting a stranglehold on this division, and that's exactly what we've done. You know, taking two out of three, especially in New York, that's real important. And we're going to come in. We've come in now and, and made our claim on the division. We're five and a half up at the end of that series, four and a half up as of today, and quite frankly, you know. We took care of the most important business of the week, you know, at the beginning of the week, and now we're going to have to do it again at the end with two weekend series against the Yankees. And so, very interesting series because it could have, you know, we could have lost two out of three. We could have swept. You know, it could have been exactly how it was. We went 2-1. It's just a very interesting series. You know, both teams have reason to think that they could have done better. Both teams have reason to think that, you know, they were aggrieved in one way or another. Both teams have reasons to be disappointed in themselves. So, really interesting. And I think it showed us a lot, both in terms of, you know, the gap and the gulf between these two teams. And I think there really is a gap. You know, we st- even after they made these marquee moves and, and the trade in line, I still, you know, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I really think that we are just a much better team. But also showed us a lot about ourselves, and you know the young boys continuing to just be sick monsters. Rafi Devers, we're gonna get into the homer. We will, of course, you know we will. But you know this dude, triple play against the Indians, and he's calm, cool, collected. Huge game time homer in the Bronx as a pinch hitter. Cool, calm, and collected. Benintendi, three homers over the series against the Bronx in the Bronx. Are you kidding me? This dude is absolutely on fire. You know, Benintendi had a, a tough month just a month ago, and and people were like, "Oh, I don't know, Benintendi." And all of a sudden, Aaron Judge, you know, and we're gonna get to this, striking out every single game. He's at like 32 games now. He struck out in a row, and and Benintendi is just a monster. His OPS in the past month is like 1,100, and all of a sudden, you know, look at the end of the day. Aaron Judge is almost certainly going to win the uh, you know rookie of the year, but if things keep going the way they're going and the Red Sox make the playoffs and the Yankees kind of straggle in and and we confidently win this division, Benintendi if you know if he keeps hitting the way he does, he has a decent shot and if for nothing else it will certainly be you know the number two vote getter in the rookie of the year so. Benintendi doing dirt, Rafi Devers making you know fools look like fools. And when I say fools, I mean professional baseball players who are in the top 1% in the world at what they do. But making fools look like fools. And honestly, making Yohan Mankata kind of look dumb. You know, I don't, I don't want to get too much into that, but he's, he's doing his thing. So, young guys, doing good stuff. So, I really want to get into it. Friday night. Weird game, you know the things that we predicted on fr- on Friday, the things I predicted before the game, the series started. The, that's what happened. Jaime Garcia is bad at baseball. Hanley goes deep. We go up 3-0, and just a fluke. Like honestly, our bullpen has been really good, and sometimes you're just gonna implode, and and it happens against good teams on the road often. And so 
would I, you know, is this the best time for us to blow a game? No, I would definitely prefer to be, you know, in, in the middle of a road trip in Oakland. Yeah, if Chris Davis and Ryan Healy walked off on us, like, okay, fine, we, bullpen implosion. It's not, you know, that easy to write it off when it's against the Yankees and, and we come in with a 3-0 lead. But at the end of the day, these things happen. And, I, and, you know, after, you know, when I saw what happened, I was like, yeah, I mean, Addison Reed, okay, yeah, he's due for it. You know, not everyone's going to go perfect like... Uh, Craig has been able to do all year, and like, what's his name? Uh, uh, Kenley Jensen has been able to do all year. You know, these things just don't happen. And so when Addison Reed blew up on on Friday night, I was like, okay, it'll happen. You know, this is the most runs he's given up in an outing, literally all year. He hadn't given up more than two two runs in an outing this entire year. And so I was like, okay, so, um, you know, you write it off, and, and you're just like, okay, next time we'll get him. And lo and behold, you know, Sunday night we come in, and the bullpen does great. You know, with the exception of Matt Barnes, we're going to get there. But, you know, I just feel like it was a weird situation because, you know, immediately after, John Farrell then comes in on Sunday night. And, I, you know, I'm jumping all over the place, but I just... Addison Reed's our guy. He has better numbers than anybody in our bullpen for the whole year. And then we're taking him out minute bat or we're trying to. John Farrell messes up and... and you know, tries to take him out in the middle of an at-bat, even though he couldn't do that because, you know, the pitching coach had already come out. It's just weird. Like, this is our guy. Put some strength behind him. And then, in an interview, John Farrell comes in and he's like, well, when we first traded for Addison, you know, he, he had the eighth inning role locked up. But now, uh, you know, well, we'll work him in and we'll work Barnes in. And, and you know, it's just, uh, we'll see who it is depending on the situation. I'm like, no, 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 no. No, Addison Reed is easily our second best bullpen pitcher. And we need to treat him like that. What are you doing, John Farrell? Like, I'm a big Farrell defender, but like, that's stupid. Don't be stupid about this. Don't get pretty don't don't overthink things addison reed is easily our second best reliever and we needed to treat him like that so just weird in the way addison reed has been treating uh, treated and obviously the same with barnes you know friday he was fine but then saturday you know his control isn't there he doesn't have the same kind of control that addison reed has and you know joe kelly's had three outings since he came back with the dl and they, they've been lackluster giving up runs in two out of three and you know the control isn't quite there and and yeah that's to be expected because he spent time on the dl and, and he's gonna work his way back in but like let's use our known quantities the way we should so weird reaction to friday night but at the end of the day that's a game we should have won honestly but not the end of the world that we didn't. Saturday, pretty much exactly as expected. Drew Pomerantz is just a dirty work. Made a great start. And, you know, Benny, one homer. You know, that one was like iffy, and then it was only a two-run game. He was like, just in case, I'll just smash one. And you know, really ripped the game open. And after that, the Yankees kind of knew that it was over. We knew. Like, there was just like a new feel to the game. And so to see that from Ben Attendee Saturday, it was, you know, out of the three games, this is the only one where no one can dispute the outcome, really, or or feel like there's some some you know we should have won that game or we shouldn't have won that game. S Sunday night though, what a fantastic game! You know, Chris Sale. I feel like you know both starting pitchers came out and it's a tie game, but I really feel like Sale just you know he did his regular domination, gave up one run, not the end of the world, and. But and Montgomery, he gave up one run, but I felt like he didn't deserve that. Like we were hitting the ball hard, must have been eight times, and they made good plays in the field, and and I uh, really feel like didn't deserve 
to, you know, when the starters left the game, I didn't feel like the Yankees deserved to be in a tie game. I felt like, given the quality of contact we were making, we should have at least had one, if not more, two more runs. Uh, and, and and then to see Barnes kind of blow up like that, have a tough, tough, tough outing, really no control, and to give up the run like that, disappointing to say the least. And then, I mean, Rafi. Your boy, Rafi. I mean unbelievable at bat. I'm, I'm at a loss for words because of how incredible that at bat was. But you think about the situation and he's sitting there blowing bubbles like nothing and he and he's smiling and he's just like completely relaxed. Cool as a cucumber. 103 into the bullpen. Are you kidding me? Tomorrow or hopefully sometime in the near future I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little power rankings of all of Rafi Devers home runs in the past couple weeks since he came out to the majors, but I'm going to give you a spoiler. The one off of Chapman's number one. Our Red Sox team after that is 5 for 37 career off Chapman. He has This is the second time he's ever given up a homer to a lefty, and I know you know all these stats, but it's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable to see you know, how just unbelievably composed and talented Rafi Devers is. And then, of course, you know, Benintendi is the one who gets the game-winning RBI. So, you know, the young guns really carried us the series, and I love it. I love it. Shout out to those guys. Um, sorry, my notes today are just crazy. And this is, you know, the, the danger of doing a podcast solo. Um, looking forward to next week. I mean, the pitching matchups are basically the same. We're going to have Doug Fister on... Uh, one of the games, which is disappointing, so it'll be Fister and Pomerantz and uh, Chris Sale, which, you know, I would have preferred that uh, Fister go nowhere near any of our important games, but okay, it happens. Um, just more crazy information about Aroldis Chapman. I'm just wondering, that dude is like the exact opposite of composure. He's crazed, full of energy. You saw he comes out against Hanley and pumps 102, then 103, and strikes him out. But then it's just like the second he starts losing his control, it's all over the place. And on top of that, you know, coming into to Fenway this upcoming weekend, you know, his, his career ERA is a full point higher on the road. This year, his ERA is 4.61 on the road. Are you kidding me? Like, this is a dude that I know he throws harder than anybody else in, in the league. And I know that, like, we do not, on on the whole, hit well against him. But, like, he comes in there, and I feel like all we need is one base knock, one walk, and we are on the way to, you know, making up runs that we're missing. It's just, you know, he doesn't have that, you know, He's having the season that Kimbrell had last year, and you know, I know, you know, I would sweat it out. And it's just like, even when he wasn't, isn't having this season, where he's struggling with control, Chapman feels like that guy who you just need to get, you know, you chip away the armor ever so slightly, and then he loses all composure. And so, especially coming on the road, you know, this upcoming weekend, if we can get into a situation where we get under his skin a tiny bit and plant that seed of a doubt in his head, I think, you know, even when we're down, I feel like we have a real good shot to get some runs off of him. So, that's my ever so small uh, preview for this upcoming weekend. Uh, a couple more things before we get out of here. Uh, over the course of the past couple of seasons, now that I have MLB TV and I've been watching the Red Sox on the Nesson feed, I noticed Dennis Eckersley, first, he's hilarious and a great announcer, and I'm glad to see him back in the booth, but he calls everything a piece. I love it. A walk-off piece. A standoff piece. 
a 3-2 piece. Like, literally everything's a piece. It's hysterical. And then today, he <laughs> he comes in and he's asking for a walk-off, John. And I'm just like, who the hell are you? The funniest thing. Baseball always has had his funny ways of speaking, but Eckersley really embodies it. Like, he, he's just so funny. The way he, like, calls everything a piece really is so funny. Um article yesterday came out uh, talking about this is our yes yesterday's batting order was our 98th batting order on the season uh, and a lot of that you know obviously has to do with the fact that we don't have david ortiz and we're not over it like you know this isn't a breakup breakup it's not like he went to another team but like there's there's you know a hole in our hearts and in our batting order shaped like big poppy and you know it's not gonna t- it's gonna take more than 100 games to really figure out the identity of a team which really since like I don't know, since the 07 playoffs, like, has been all Ortiz, like, you know, him and PD certainly, but, like, you know, Ortiz has been the backbone and the heart of our teams, and to replace that in one season, is that, that's not reasonable, and so, yeah, it's, it's going to take some changes, so we have, you know, 98 batting orders, I mean, between that and the fact that we've had a lot of injuries, Pedroia's been struggling all year, and then Mookie, we're trying to figure out his, you know, where he goes, and the same with Benintendi trying to protect those guys, and Xander's been struggling. This is, hasn't been a straightforward season, and still, here we are on August 18th, and August 18th, 16th. August 16th, we are 18 games over 500. We just came off a big-time win in the Bronx, a 2-1 series victory over the Yankees, and we just swept the cards. I mean, like, we have all these things, and still... We're in a really good place. We're probably the second best team in the majors right now, especially now that Bryce Harper's hurt. And this is just a curious season when you think about bringing in Nunez and the and the, and the different uh, you know role that he plays on the, on the team, and then the fact that Brock Holt got hurt, and then Rafi, we call him up. We've got a lot of things moving pieces this season, and so it's not surprising that we've had 98 batting orders. I see some people on Twitter saying like, "Oh, this shows how how much of an idiot but John Farrell is." No, like this this shows how what this season has been for us. You know, we are figuring things out over the course of a season, and that's okay. It's 162 games. And, you know, we're going to use every single one of them to prepare as best we can for those playoffs. And, you know, hopefully by the time the playoffs come, you know, we'll have at least at the bare minimum, you know, two lineups, one versus lefties, one versus righties. But, you know, best case scenario, we have we have our set lineup and we know what we're going to see. So, you know, looking forward, I really think that I don't want to jinx things, but like I just we're going to sweep the Yankees. Like I'm putting it out there. I'm gonna put it on the internet. If you want, if, you know, if we don't, if we get swept, you know, I jinxed it at me on Twitter. Loudest opinions. Send an email. Bosoxcrazypodcast at gmail.com. But like, I, I just, I have this feeling. We're gonna sweep the Yankees. They're a good team. We're better. We're at home. They don't do well on the road. Like, we're cool. They're not. They're losers. And we're gonna sweep them. So that is what I have to say. And I don't really care what the batting order is. We're gonna sweep them. Side note: Did you know that? Our boy Christian Vasquez, our catcher, is second in the AL in home uh, home batting average. He's batting something like 365 at home. And I don't know. I wouldn't mind, you know, just like a little homer or two from Christian over the weekend. Little prediction there. Anyway, uh, one last thing before we get to the fun stuff. There was a story in the St. Louis Dispatch yesterday about, you know, the one more connection between the Cardinals and the Red Sox. Very interesting. Apparently, I had no idea about this. Carlos Martinez, uh, the Cardinals ace, signed with the Red Sox when he was 16. 
back when he was unbelievably poor and supporting his grandmother as an orphan in the Dominican Republic, and he had a $160,000 signing bonus that he never got from the Red Sox because the MLB uh, did not allow them to sign him because they didn't believe that he was who he was. And, you know, we talk about Yankees being losers, and we talk about how much this game means to us. You know, it's something else when this game literally can bring you and your family out of poverty. And, you know, it's heartbreaking to see, to, to read the story, and to hear that, you know, the Red Sox weren't able to you know, give him this contract, and, and he had to go back to basically begging on the streets and doing jobs on the streets to provide for himself and his grandfather, grandmother. Crazy story, and fantastic to see now, you know, he's on a $55 million contract, and long-term deal, and all his family, you know, are supported now. Uh, it was just a crazy story. And then a side note. To imagine, you know, Carlos Martinez in this, you know, add him to the current Red Sox pitching staff. Ooh, that would have been crazy. That dude is a really good pitcher. He comes in thrown 95 with motion. He's got a nasty slider to change up. He's a good pitcher, so ooh, that would have been something else, a little fantasy for the Red Sox. But, you know, happy to see him succeeding. Happy to see him, you know, in the team. Sort of, you know, happy that, you know, he sorted out all that unfortunate stuff that, you know, kept him from signing with the Red Sox, and, you know, for him and his family, just a real relief that that didn't hold them, you know, accountable, or, you know, hold them hostage, really not accountable, you know, and and put them out from that position to, to make that money based on his, you know, God-given talent, and the talent that he got and he worked with, um, so that's the last real thing. Now, fun things that happened over the course of the week. I mean, I have to talk about the two biggest streaks in baseball, one positive and one unbelievably happily negative. John Carlos Stan, the dude's a monster. Eight straight games with a homer. He's got 24 homers in the past 35 games. I'm pretty sure that's correct. And the dude's a monster. I'm not going to lie. He's on my fantasy team, so I'm reaping double benefits, enjoying as a fan, enjoying as a fantasy manager. And it's just unbelievable. This dude, you know, I've been saying it for the past couple of years, and my friends don't believe me, but when you have a guy who has freak injury after freak injury I, I, I genuinely don't think that's that guy's injury prone he got hit in the face with the pitch you want to tell me that guy's injury prone like he had three he pulled a calf or something like that and he, he all his injuries are are not the same so if like if he like had you know an elbow injury that was coming and coming over and over again then fine like this dude's injury prone i don't know if he's ever going to reach his potential but like i always said like i felt like he had this monster season in him because you know none of these injuries really were the same it didn't feel like these were something that were like that were going to hold him back it was just like freak that they, they kept happening none of them were con- you know connected and here he is, you know, staying healthy for a year and putting together this unbelievable season that just everybody kind of hoped for. Because who doesn't love Giancarlo Stanton? This dude's a monster. He changed his name from Mike because it was boring. You know, this dude's awesome. He's he's exactly the kind of personality the baseball needs, and I love it. You know, and it's just sick. Now, on the other hand, I already mentioned it earlier in this podcast, but Aaron Judge striking out in 32 straight games just brings me immense pleasure. Like. Good for him that he's having a great season. Good for the Yankees that they're finally, you know, getting back to uh, having a farm system and bringing up guys. But I have immense amounts of schadenfreude seeing that he is struggling. The only rookie who's having a worse time is Bradley Zimmer, who's literally 0 for his last 32. Poor guy. And I like Bradley Zimmer a lot more. He plays better defense and... Quite frankly, he's not a Yankee. Aaron Judge is streaking in the wrong direction, and I love it. You know, I wouldn't mind if if 
he plays even slightly better than he is right now, and Benintendi plays slightly worse than he is right now over the course of the next month, I honestly think Benintendi could have a real shot at the rookie of the year. So, very interesting. Those are our fun things across baseball over the course of this week. I'll keep a lookout for at the Loudest Pinions blog to see if uh, I do a little power rankings uh, for Rafi Devers' home runs. If I do make that, I will update the description of the podcast. I'll put the link there so you can see it, and I'll put the hopefully I'll put the video links or at least GIFs. Anyway, have a great week. Screw the Yankees. Go Red Sox. Love some walk-off pieces. And remember, this is the Bo Sox Crazy Podcast, a regular Red Sox podcast for crazy Red Sox fans. Email at bosoxcrazypodcast at gmail.com. Tweet me at loudest opinions. And for one thing and one thing only, let's go Sox.